Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Brad Betke. This week, we'll be going over a recap of the NFL Week 1 and a preview of Week 2, a Week 2 recap of college football and Week 3 preview, and of course, you know what's coming this week's fast break. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume for Episode 42 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Took my baby to the highest high. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for episode 42 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I am glad you are joining us again, and I'm excited to say that we have officially begun. After six months of no football, it is here. NFL Week 1 was a fantastic week of games. A lot of competitive matchups, a lot of one-score games, a lot of games that were decided in the final seconds, if not overtime. It was a perfect way to kick off the season as a fan of the sport. So real quick, just going to run through each matchup and something to take away from each matchup, a little what we learned from week one. Starting with your Thursday night game, you had the Bills and the Rams. I discussed the score last week, but I just wanted to talk about what the game showed us. Um, in my opinion, it showed us that the Bills are the best team in the league and that it's not close. The Rams still have a lot to work on. They have some adapting to do, adding a few new pieces on both offense and defense. But overall, I think that uh, Buffalo really showed us that they're, they're, they are the best team in football. Looking at your Sunday games, start with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. I think my initial takeaway is that Detroit's rebuild is headed in the right direction. They kind of picked up where they left off last season. Six games last year for the Detroit Lions were one-score games by the end of the game. And you look at the way the Lions played in this game. In the first and fourth quarters, the Lions were the best team in this game. If it weren't for the second and third quarter and the, the, their defense was in shambles for the most part, um, the Lions could have won this game. They definitely could have. And if they would have just been more consistent throughout the whole game, they probably would have. So... I think that um, there's a lot to look forward to. And then on the other, on the contrary, look at the Eagles. I think that the Jordan Davis has adapted quickly. N'Kobe Dean, not as much, but still, still good. Uh, but Jordan Davis adapted quickly. He's a great run, run stuffer. Uh, filled that, filled that, filled the gaps in the line a lot. But um, and then Jalen Hurts looks even better than he did last year. Again, like I've been saying, I'm a big fan of his. I'm rooting for him this year, and I got high hopes for him. At your next match, match up, the 49ers and the Bears. This one was a surprise to me. I picked the 49ers, as most would have. Um, but the Bears shocked them at home. Um, it was quite a wet game if you did get to see the game. It was a very heavy storm beforehand, and the Bears just had new sod put in earlier that week. So it uh, it was very wet, and it was, it was quite an adjustment for some players, I'm sure, especially in San Francisco. They're probably not used to rain as much. But from this game, I would say my biggest takeaways are that um, Chicago, although they won, I would say it was mostly their defense that won them the game, especially, you know, I mean, the pick six, Eddie Jackson. Um, because you look at their offensive approach, Justin Fields did okay. Uh, their run game was not really there. And then you look at San Francisco. My question is, was Trey Lance the right choice? Um, it wasn't the greatest game, and I don't know if that's just because the – 
Bears defense was just that much better, but I don't know how I feel about Trey Lance after this game. There were some good plays that he made, and I do think that you know he, he does have starter potential, but I don't think he's quite there yet. I still think there's a little learning space, but to be fair, it's his first official game start to finish that he started, so uh, we'll, we'll see how he can pr- proceed through the weeks. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the better games this weekend. Um, Steeler defense is the best in the NFL when healthy. They had an incredible first half, unbelievable. Four interceptions. I mean, that alone on a quarterback that was just in the Super Bowl before that, it, it was crazy. It was quite overwhelming initially but obviously you've got the you know the tj watt injury which is unfortunate um so as long as they can stay healthy i think the steelers have the best defense in the league and on the contrary the offense for the Bengals, i think that this Bengals defense did okay against steelers i think the steelers got most of their points on defense or put them in within scoring position but looking at the Bengals, they, their offense was fairly consistent you take away those four interceptions and um, they played a pretty good game. Obviously, that's an easy thing to say, but really, like despite the interceptions, I think the team as a whole played pretty well. Joe Mixon had a good game. Obviously, Jamar Chase picked right back up where he left off. Um, T. Higgins had a minor injury. The concussion, hopefully, that'll be easily recovered. Tyler Boyd had a good game. Joe Burrow, other than the interceptions, had a good game. Overall, like it was, it really was a good game. I loved it. It was a great game to watch. Not too high scoring. Very good defensive battle for the most part, and it really came down to special teams at the end, and Steelers sealed it. So there you have it. New England and the Miami Dolphins. This game was interesting as well. Um, I think a lot of people would have picked New England, but I did indeed pick Miami, and they did prove me right. Um, I think Miami got a lot better this year, especially in the offseason. We discussed it a few weeks ago how uh, they made a lot of moves in the offseason to improve the roster significantly, and I think they did exactly that. Um, Giving Tua a more elite target in Tyreek Hill actually took a little pressure off of Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddell had that big touchdown. Great. Um, Tyreek didn't have a bad game either. And then I think that really the only thing they need to work on would be their run game, just getting more consistent on the run. Um, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, uh, really just finding that consistency in the backfield. Cleveland Browns, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Baker Mayfield matching up against his previous team in week one. I know a lot of people probably wanted Baker to win this matchup, but uh, as as I had mentioned in the last episode, I just didn't think Cleveland had enough. And yes, I'm sorry, Carolina had enough. And yes, Cleveland only won by a field goal, but you gotta understand, Look at their starting quarterback. Their QB room is one of the worst in the league. I mean, they have a backup as their starter. Understand that. If if Deshaun Watson was in this game, Carolina was getting blown out. Simple and simple as that. But overall, I think that um, yeah, the Browns the Browns QB room it, the way it is now. I mean, you're 11 games without Deshaun Watson. That's over half the season. I personally think that unfortunately they may or may not end under 500 due to the QB situation in Cleveland. So hopefully they can get something figured out or maybe get a temporary starter to fill the void. Who knows? Indianapolis versus Houston. Listen, man, y'all are sleeping on Davis Mills. I don't think it's an over-exaggeration to say that he is the Houston Texans franchise quarterback. He has potential to be very good. 
you got to understand that Houston is kind of lacking in talent, and yet he still gets it done. They tied the Colts. The Colts got better than they did last year. Last year they were a game short of the playoffs, but in my opinion, roster-wise, they're better than they were last year and somehow still managed to lose to, in the preseason, one of the worst teams in the league. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's to give more credit to Houston or to shame Indianapolis. It's it's hard to do here. Indianapolis definitely should have won this game. Should have. But good game for Houston. They played great. Lights out. I think really the only thing they were missing that wasn't fully successful was their run game. I know there was a lot of hope on Damian Pierce. I had a lot of hope on Damian Pierce. So I think I'm just looking forward to him maybe picking it up, getting, a more, getting some more reps in and um, so on and so forth. New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons. This game gave me a heart attack because I'm in a football pick'em league with my coworkers, and um, I had initially picked Tennessee to win. And one of my buddies of mine, actually the one who does the graphics for the show, had convinced me that New New York Giants were his upset of the week, and I believed him. I was like, you know what? I kind of I kind of agree. So I went in Saturday afternoon and changed my pick from Tennessee to New Orleans. Um, because the way the league works is once you pick a team and you get it right, you cannot pick the next team the following. You cannot pick that team again for the rest of the season. So I'm trying to get the mediocre teams out of the way early so that I can rely on the good teams towards the end and make my push to win. So let's keep our fingers crossed and hope I do. But overall, this game was very entertaining. Um, And I think one big thing that stands out is Mariota could really make a comeback here. I don't think he played that bad. For his first start in over a season... Well, two seasons at this point. You got to understand that this guy's not going to come out and throw 300 for three TDs. You know, there's going to be errors, and there was. It happens. But I think overall, looking at the 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 broad version of the game, I think Mariota played fairly well, and I think that he could in, intentionally make a comeback here. And I somewhat stand corrected, but we'll see if it can he can stay consistent with it. And then on the other end, Kamara, I think he needs more touches. They only give him nine carries this game, and somebody like Kamara needs at least 15. With his value and what he can bring to the table, I think you need a little more run game out of New Orleans, and you could have gotten that giving Kamara more touches. The Baltimore Ravens and the New York Jets. I think that the the Ravens could have used more out of their run game. I understand that J.K. Dobbins sat out this week one, and, um, and there's a chance he could in week two as well. But um, even Lamar Jackson, six carries for 17 yards. We know him to do more, but again, you can't rely on him to just run. He's got to throw the ball as well, and they did well with the young receivers, Devin Duvernay, Rashad Bateman. I think the game went well overall, and obviously they won. It was the Jets, but... Um, I do think that Baltimore played well and made a do with what they had, but I do hope that once I do hope that because of the run game lacking, it's really just JK not being here and if once he comes back it gets back to normal uh for Baltimore's sake. Jacksonville Jaguars and the Washington Commanders, best name in football. Yeah. Um I think that this this was another really good game to watch personally. Um, I do think that the Washington defense has some kinks to work out. I don't think you should be letting the Jacksonville Jaguars put up 23 on you. Um, I understand that the J- Washington is not the greatest team in the world either, but I do think that they were capable of stopping more, especially with the standard that Washington's defense is held to at this time. Um, but on, on the contrary, I think that uh, 
Trevor Lawrence, I don't know, man. It's it's hard watching him because he hasn't really changed much this season from last. Um, it's just week one, but still I don't see any really progression in his play style from what I saw last year. Um, whereas Carson Wentz, you know, as long as he can stay healthy and his team can stay healthy, I think that we're going to see a Philly Carson Wentz here soon. Um, and I know we had discussed that before. Uh, really good games out of Antonio Gibson, which I'm glad because I, I like Antonio Gibson, but I know that there were a lot of um, preseason predictions that he wasn't going to do as well this year. And I didn't like that because I do I do like Antonio Gibson. I like his play style. I like he's he's a very quiet player. He kind of keeps to himself and just does his job. And I like it. Um, kind of a fan. Green Bay and Minnesota. First things first. Justin Jefferson has solidified himself as what if top two wide receiver in the league. It's either him or Devontae. Simple as that. Um, Cooper Cup's good. Don't get me wrong. Cooper Cup is good. Um, you could throw him in there, but I think this week you're you're the best receivers. I I got to give it to 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 Jay Jettis. Jay Jettis, he playing a team like Green Bay who has a pretty good secondary and put up that number those numbers that's crazy. So I think we're gonna see that happen. And I remember seeing a short story about how Jefferson said that he plans on like his goal is to finish his career the greatest receiver to ever play football. So. Um, I'm rooting for him. The kid's an elite athlete. He's very consistent, and you know I'm really excited to see what the future holds for him. Imagine if he had a better quarterback. Like imagine. Uh, but on the other end of things, I don't think you need to hit the panic button on Green Bay just yet. Let's not forget what happened last year. Week one, Green Bay lost 38 to three to the New Orleans Saints, and we thought that it was oh Rodgers is washed. He needs to retire. Green Bay's gonna suck. Look what ended up happening. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button on Green Bay yet. Let's see how they do in week two and three. We'll see where they go. There was a lot of lack of experience from the receivers. Everyone knows that it was the, the would have been the potential 75-yard touchdown from Rodgers to rookie Christian Watson, and Christian Watson straight up dropped it right in his hands. Perfect throw. Straight up dropped it. So hopefully things like that can get worked out after this week one. They've made their mistakes. They'll learn from them. It happens. I remember uh, first week of DeAndre Swift's career, he dropped a touchdown pass. So uh, look at him now, third leading rusher in the NFL. Great game out of him. But anyway, yeah, don't hit, don't hit the panic button on Green Bay yet. Let's just see what they can do. The New York Giants and the Tennessee Titans. I know this game kind of threw everybody off. Um, but first things first, Saquon Barkley is back, baby. I love it. I'm a huge fan of Saquon's. I have been since since Penn State. You know, I, I've liked him. He, he's an incredible, unique talent. Doesn't come often. And I've always been rooting for him, and it's unfortunate to see him getting these injuries and such, but it was great to see him come out and become, be the league's leading rusher in rushing yards and scrimmage yards this season. Uh, week one so far it's just great and obviously he had a huge role in the game got the two-point conversion to win it and overall I think he is a lot of great career ahead of him and I hope he can stay healthy for it but on the contrary who would be argued as the best running back in the league what happened to Derrick Henry what was the deal there you know I mean, you look at a guy who we always say that he's unanimously the best in the league. There's no question about it. Uh, nobody can touch him. He's just the best there is. He's the best there ever will be. I mean, I've heard it all. I really have heard it all. So when you go and look at it, and it's not like he didn't get a lot of touches, you know. I mean, he had 21 carries, 
right? 21 carries, only 82 yards, no touchdowns, um, and no receptions. He had a target, but no reception. Um, where you look at Saquon, had three less carries and a, double the yards, exactly double the yards rushing. So I don't know if it was a, a blocking thing. I don't know if the O-line was lacking and he just wasn't able to get out and really get open, or if it was New York's defense stepping up to the plate. I mean, I don't know, but... There was even that play of, uh, God, I can't remember his name. Tay Crowder, the linebacker in New York, blew up Derrick Henry. Lifted Derrick Henry off his feet with a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. That's unheard of. Derrick Henry is usually the one delivering that, not on the receiving end. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not hitting the panic button on him either just yet, but I do think it was a little out of character to see him with the performance he had. I think that goes to say something, you know, you look at his 82 yards, yeah, he had 21 carries, but 82 yards is not a horrible performance for some running backs, but because of Derrick Henry, we know him to be a guy that gets 200 yards, it's a, it's a low standard for him, so I think that does speak numbers on what he's capable of. Looking at the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers game, uh, Derek Carr needs some work. Three interceptions, you know. You've got very talented receiving targets in Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. And we're still throwing three interceptions. I guarantee you that that, that's, I don't know. I don't know if it's an O-line thing and he's not getting enough time in the pocket. I didn't get the chance to watch that game really too much. Um, But three interceptions from a guy who has a core like that, whose route running is some of the best in the league, you know, I don't know how much of an excuse you can really give the guy. Um, but you look at it, the Chargers' defense is legit. They stepped up to the plate and showed that the additions they made is going to make them an elite defense in this league, and I'm looking forward to what they're going to do with it. I do think that both teams, I think, need to start to not rely on, but give a little more attention to the run game, and especially the Chargers got Eckler, who only got 60-something yards, you know, and... There's a lot more you you can do with what you have. Josh Jacobs is not a bad running back either, but I think that they need to exploit what they got a little better. There are teams in worse situations. Kansas City Chiefs and the Arizona Cardinals. I think there's one very simple thing to take away from this, and that's that the Chiefs did not skip a beat. Um, no issues losing Tyreek Hill. Did not skip a beat. Mahomes showed that it wasn't Tyreek. It was... Mahomes that was the reason that they were that good. Um, Kels still the leading target. Can't can't dispute it. Guy's one of the best to ever do at a tight end. Um, but Mahomes, five touchdowns, you know, he's still one of the best to ever do it already. And then you look at Arizona, man. Their offense was a little, uh, it seemed to be struggling, even passing and rushing. It just didn't seem like they could really catch a groove. They didn't really catch it, get into a rhythm at all. And, I think that's kind of weird from a team like Kyler Murray. Maybe missing DeAndre Hopkins is a big part of it. He's also um, really is he's down to Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore, and A.J. Green, you know. So who knows if that's the case. I really don't know. But um, they definitely need to get some same as the Washington defense. There, there's some kinks that need to be worked out. At your Sunday night game, you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Man, I love Dallas slander. I really do. And it's because of the fan base. It has nothing to do with the team. The fan base is so ignorant and just blind that their team, oh, this is our year, we're going to the Super Bowl. Dude, 
Catch a freaking hint. You guys suck. You have sucked. You might be a playoff team, but that's all you're. You know, that's all you're. That's, that's the farthest you've made it. In how long? Forever. So they didn't even score a touchdown. Tampa Bay passing game, although they won the game, it was a little iffy. Uh, did not get a lot done. A lot done on the ground. Lenny Fournette picked up right where he left off last season, and Brady did okay. I think that he could have done better. But uh, missing Godwin could have been a part of that. Who knows? He also lost Gronkowski. Let's not forget that as well. So um, that could have all had an effect. Who knows? But um, Dallas, they're going to suck a little longer. Uh, they, they lost Dak Prescott for a few weeks. That one hurts. It really does. And he, that's going to have a huge effect on their win success. Is Ezekiel Elliott going to show us more? Is he finally going to channel into his usual self that we remember? Or is he going to keep being a bum? I don't know. But we will see. And then lastly, your Monday night game, the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson facing off against his alma mater, the Seattle Seahawks. Another fantastic game from both teams. I think that uh, Denver's play calling is what blew the game. Russell Wilson actually played quite well, 313 yards, I think. Um, Had a great touchdown pass to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy back in action, healthy again. Um, I think that overall Denver's offense played well. Javante Williams is showing that he's emerging as one of the top 10 running backs in this league as well. Um, But you, God, that play call at the end of the game, they ran the clock for 40 seconds and didn't call a timeout, nothing, and then go and try and kick a 64-yard field goal, two yards short of the record. Trust me, I would remember the record was kicked on my home team last season. But, Let's talk about Geno Smith. This guy came out here and said, they wrote me off and I didn't write back. I love it. I love this guy's energy. He, she, Listen, he played great for somebody of his caliber. you got to understand that before this season, if anybody would have said, yeah, Geno Smith is going to be a starting quarterback in this league, I would have laughed and said, where? Right? So... That speaks numbers in itself. He came out, proved a point, won a game. He was very much impressed. I will tell you that much. Very much impressed. So there you guys have it. That is the recap of week one. Now let's go ahead and go over our week two preview. We're going to go over our week two preview. Look at the games. First of all, you've got the Thursday night game. You have the Chiefs and the Chargers. Man, is that game going to be good. I'll tell you, I, I'm so upset I'm going to be missing it. Um, I may catch the second half of it, but um, I'm currently about to enter day three of three of my Learn to Ride classes to get an endorsement so that I may legally own and ride a motorcycle. So I will be doing that and taking my evaluation when this game starts. Um Overall, though, I think they're a fantastic game. Great QB battle. It's a fantastic primetime game. Um, It's hard to pick a team, but I I think I'm going to have to go with the Chiefs just based on the consistency of last week. And despite the Chargers defense playing well, they did not really win by too much against Las Vegas. So um, there's that. Week two, I'm actually going to take Detroit against Washington. I think that Detroit played last week. They played a really good team in Philly. 
and I think that they learned what they need to grow from. They learned where they what they need to work on, and they learned how they can get better, and I think that they're going to prove that this next week, especially exploiting a team like Washington, whose defense was kind of lacking. So Detroit's a much better team than Jacksonville, so I think they're going to prove it, and I think they take that game. Next game, we got Cleveland and the New York Jets. See, I'm taking Cleveland. I don't think there's much debate here. I don't see the Jets winning more than maybe four games this season, unfortunately. Um, I, I would hope that they win more because a buddy of mine's that's his favorite team, and, you know, God rest his soul. Um, couldn't be me. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Saints. I'm taking Tampa Bay. I do think that uh, he does need to lock it in a bit because the Saints' defense, they weren't quite their last game, but they could step up a lot and make a big difference in this game. So hopefully Brady and his offense get it figured out there. The Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants. Now this one's kind of tough for me uh, because you had the Giants come out and really surprise people in week one. Um, but Carolina played a much better team um, than they're used to, than they are themselves. In my personal opinion, I would say that Tennessee is a better team than Cleveland, but um, it's really hard to tell. So I think I'm going to take New York. I have high hopes for New York. I think if they can kind of try and repeat what they did last week, then they'll have absolutely no problem succeeding. So I'm going to take the New York Giants here. Patriots and Steelers. I think the Steelers' defense, again, is going to really, really save them. I think that uh, their defense is going to keep the game close. I do think the game will be close because uh, you really don't have too much to rely on here offensively for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can be quite inconsistent, especially when your starting quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky. We all know how he's done in the past. So I'm still going to take the Steelers here. Um, I know that Mac Jones is dealing with some potential injuries as well, so that could have a huge factor. The Colts and the Jaguars. I'm going to take the Colts here. I think that they're going to, kind of same as the Lions, they're going to see where they went wrong this week, this last week, and really be able to clean up and pick up from there. I think, let's see, next you got the Dolphins and the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens here. I think the Dolphins did play well, but Baltimore, um, I do think it depends on if J.K. comes back. If J.K. does come back, I think they win with flying colors, no problem. And if he doesn't come back, I think it'll be a little bit closer of a game, but I do still think the Ravens will win. Next, you've got the Falcons at the Rams. I do think that facing off against the defense like the Rams is going to be a huge wake-up call for Atlanta. I don't think the game is going to be as big of a blowout as people think it will, but I do still think that uh, the Rams will win. Seahawks and 49ers. I'm going to take the 49ers here. I do think that the Seahawks played a great game against Denver, but I think Denver doesn't have as good of a defense as San Francisco, and I do think that playing at San Francisco is going to have a big factor in that as well. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm taking the Bengals. I don't think this is a very difficult choice. I think the missing Dak is going to have a huge impact on how well or not so well the Cowboys play, and I think the Bengals are going to throw a lot less interceptions than they did last week. The Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos. I'm taking the Broncos. I think that uh, despite the loss, Russ and his team played well last week. And I think that they're only going to get better from there. So I'm taking the Broncos. The Arizona Cardinals and the Las Vegas Raiders. Ah, this is a good one. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to take the Raiders. I think that Carr's not going to throw three interceptions this week. Well, at least I would hope not for his own sake. Um... 
So we'll see how that goes there. But I'm, I'm going to take the Raiders. And then that, lastly, for your, your Monday night game, you've got the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. I'm taking the Packers. Like I said, no reason to hit the panic button on them. And I think that they're going to – I'm sorry, that's a Sunday night game. I'm sorry, I was looking at it wrong. That's still Sunday. So Sunday night game, there you go. Um, taking the Packers, not time to hit the panic button. And we've actually got two Monday night games. You've got the Titans and the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Not much questionnaire. Best team in football against a team that really disappointed. Um, I do think that Henry's going to have a better performance, but not by too much. And then lastly, you've got the Vikings and the Eagles. Now this one I'm excited for because the, the offenses are what I really like here. You've got A.J. Brown showed that he fits in just fine in Philly. Miles Sanders starting to show his true capabilities, but... The Vikings' offensive capabilities are just as good, especially at receiving the receiving position. So I think this is going to be a great game this week. I'm looking forward to watching it, but I'm going to have to go with Minnesota. The Philly's the favorite here, but I'm going to take Minnesota. I think that they're just going to do a little more damage than Philly. All right, guys, there you have it. There is your Week 2 preview for the NFL now let's go over college football. Let's 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 talk about some let's talk about some key matchups here in college football. We had some great games last week. You you look at the the teams that lost. I mean, mind blowing, right? Let's start with Marshall beating Notre Dame. Really? What I find ironic about that game, and there's another game, that, that, that Notre Dame paid Marshall to come to Notre Dame and play this game and ended up losing. So they paid another team to come beat them. That's embarrassing. And then Appalachian State coming and beating Texas A&M. Again, embarrassing. You paid that team to come there, and yet you still lost. That's unbelievable to me. But I think it's funny. I really do. And then you have my matchup from last week, Tennessee and Pittsburgh. It was a great game. Went to overtime. I, I really enjoyed that game. Tennessee wins 34-27. You had Texas Tech defeating Houston. Houston was ranked. Texas Tech was not. You had Iowa State beating Iowa. Iowa's going to suck this year, man. You don't got to worry about them in the Big Ten, let me tell you. Kentucky defeating Florida. That was a great game. Ten point differential. That was that was insane. A lot of people were all hyped up behind quarterback Cam Robinson for the Gators. Um, but he he I'm sorry, not Cam Robinson. Anthony Richardson. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um he did not play nearly as well. Two interceptions, not that great. Um I do think that Kentucky's defense won them that game there. Now let's look at week three. Let's look at some key matchups here in week three. There's not too many going on here. Um, looking at Oregon versus BYU. Uh, BYU had another had a, had a good win this week, and it jumped them in the rankings a pretty good amount. And we saw what happened to Oregon against Georgia, so I think that'll be an entertaining game. I think there's a lot to watch out for there. Um, another good game, Penn State and Auburn. I think that one will be a lot more surprising than people think. Um also looking over at Michigan State and Washington. I think that that'll be a pretty good matchup there. I do think Michigan State will win, but I think it'll be a good matchup. And then you've got Miami and Texas A&M division rivals. I'm um, taking Miami. They've been playing pretty well, especially under this new regime, and I'm a big fan. So there are your, there are your, your key matchups there to look out for in week three of college football. Not as many big games, but they will get bigger and more of the games will be bigger games as the season goes by. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is this week's fast break. First things first, you guys, looking at Lamar Jackson, had him and the Ravens front office did not come to an agreement on the extension. He had rejected a six-year, $290 million deal, and he wanted something more along the lines of what Deshaun Watson received from the Bears. Uh, there was good communication between both sides, but they just couldn't work it out. There were some new rules added to the Major League Baseball this last week, and it was quite surprising. The MLB Competitions Committee has voted to implement a pitch clock, larger bases, and ban defensive shifts starting 2023. The clock, 15-second clock with bases empty, 20 seconds with runners on and two fielders on each side of second bag, both feet on the dirt it is going to have a big effect on how the season is played out i am very curious to see the effect i know there was a lot of positive and negative feedback the wnba finals have begun you have the connecticut sun and the las vegas aces so far off to a great start some entertaining stuff going on there albert pujols has now jumped into fourth place, passing Alex Rodriguez with 697 home runs of his career. Unbelievable. We are witnessing history at its finest. Kenny hit 700. I think we're all rooting for him at this point. Crazy stat from Jake DeGrom. He has allowed one run or fewer in 100 of 204 career starts. 49%, so basically half of his games, he has allowed one run or fewer. That is impressive at its finest. Big injuries coming from Dak Prescott. He will under, undergo thumb surgery on his right thumb and is expected to miss six to eight weeks for the Cowboys. And then you look at TJ Watt. He got very lucky. He had a torn peck. Current belief is that he is not going to have a season-ending injury, and he actually does not need surgery on the pec and is expected to be out about the same amount of time as Dak, approximately six weeks. The Suns owner, Robert Sarver, was fined $10 million and suspended for the season due to allegations of racism and misogyny during his 17 years as an owner. We will not go into the details of what those things were. You can look it up if you'd like to, but it is quite inappropriate and could be disturbing. And lastly, the tennis legend Roger Federer will play one last tournament before retiring. He will end his career with 20 Grand Slam titles. Very impressive feat for another legend. We are getting retired in tennis just weeks after another legend, Serena Williams. All right, you guys, that wraps it up for this week's Fast Break and episode 42 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm very excited that football is back. Great content coming, and I'm still working on that new segment I did mention before. Um, it's something very simple, just something fun I'd like to add to it to add a little diversity and versatility to the show. Um, and please, if you have any recommendations for anything like that in the future, don't don't hesitate to reach out. I'll always be taking suggestions. I'm always open to constructive criticism. It's the only way you can get better. 
Just a quick reminder for the business cards, if you are looking to receive some for yourself, for family, friends, and to distribute them out of the kindness of your heart, I would genuinely appreciate it. Just reach out to me. We can get some shipped to you. I just shipped out a few packages just the other day. So um, please reach out. No hesitation. I will see you guys next week for episode 43 of the Box Score Sports Podcast. Peace out. Took my baby to the highest highs.